Hey guys, before we get into this week's show, I wanted to let y'all know that my entire family has switched our cell phone service over to Patriot, and it has been such a great move for us. Patriot Mobile is America's only conservative cell phone company. They're all about freedom, the Constitution, giving you the power to support conservative organizations. It's right up our alley. It's like having a superpower for your beliefs. Patriot Mobile uses the same reliable networks as the big carriers, so you'll get great service wherever you go. We did not see a change in our service, and actually it's gotten better. Their customer service is incredible. You call and you immediately get someone on the phone to help you with something. They've got plans to fit every budget from unlimited talk and text to data-packed options for all your streaming needs. And when you make this switch to Patriot Mobile, they will buy out your current contract up to $500 a line. So fellow freedom-loving friends, it is time to make the change. Head over to PatriotMobile.com today. Use the code Blake for 10% off your bill. That's PatriotMobile.com, code Blake. Thanks for listening. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Krabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident Krabby Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. My friend, Amy, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I'm so excited to be here. That was a cool intro. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun interviewing like my real life friends because I mean, I'm not that official. It's very casual, but it's still, you could, this is my job and we're doing it together all of a sudden. That was an official intro with the deep voice. With the deep podcasting voice activated. So my friend Amy, this is Amy Bernhard, and she lives about an hour and 20 minutes from me and we see each other once a year. It's pathetic. <laughs> it's so pathetic. And our families are obsessed with each other and we're obsessed with each other. We got young kids and that bridge sucks. And you know what? Things of life that we're in. I'm believing that when we're older, like because our husbands get along so well, we're just going to like see each other all the time when we're older. Absolutely. It's going to happen. So we met through Instagram, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I started stalking you in February of 2021. I know exactly the place that you were following you. (laughs) How? Oh, we have the same nails right now, too. I copied you. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's all right. So February of 2021, you started following me. I, I followed you back pretty quickly, didn't I? Yeah, I was a stage five clinger. Like I followed and then commented on every single post you made. And so you really had no other choice. Yeah. But then I realized how much we have in common. And we were kind of both running the same race, fighting the same battle. You know, it's funny to think about 2021 because my pastor literally in church yesterday he was just kind of talking about the state of the church today it's just like a small segue but he was talking about the state of the church today and just how beaten down we are and he went through kind of in a flyover what we as people and the church have been through the last three years and he made the comment of like 
we got through 2020 and we kind of thought we were on the other side. And then 2021 was so much worse than 2020. 2021 was so much worse. It was worse online. It was worse in real life. It was worse politically. It was worse with the vaccines. Like it was so insane. And so we were both having those conversations, a lot about vaccine mandates, a lot about choice, a lot about informed consent. And so it made sense that we were both saying the same things, running the same race, that we just became friends because you need other people. It just makes you feel less crazy because everybody's trying to make you feel crazy. Absolutely. Like, and to even think, I say February 2021, and I was like, oh, that's last year. No, that was three years ago. (laughs) You know, and how, if you really think about how much trauma as a whole society, we all, that's the one thing that we do have in common. Like, take the politics and everything. We're all walking through this together, and we all have our own trauma that we witness that really connects us. And for that, I have empathy, you know, with other people. You yeah, know? absolutely. So it is wild. It is. And so we've just kind of formed a friendship over the last three years. I learn a lot from you. You tell me you learn a lot from me. You know, it is what it is. But one of the biggest things I think we found common ground on, and just, I think, shared experiences, our experiences are so similar, is the topic of childhood vaccines. That's something that you're really passionate about. It's something that you use your platform really well to talk about it. I'm going to be honest. I don't talk about it a ton on my platform because I'm still pretty tender about it. I'm still pretty, it's still, it'll still make my nose burn a little bit. You know, like I might cry if I think about it for too long. And I know that I'm too tender to talk about it and talk about my personal experience and have people be dicks about it online. Like I'm just not there. But I just point everybody to you. When people are like, do you have any information about childhood vaccines? I'm like, nope, but I have your at memorized, (laughs) at underscore Amy, underscore Bernhardt. Like, go to her, all the highlights, all the information. And you're not trying, you're not playing doctor. You're not trying to act like you have some kind of medical degree. But here's the thing. The doctors that are giving our children these vaccines they don't have a degree in childhood vaccines. So many doctors have come out, especially in the last few years, and admitted that they don't learn about childhood vaccines in med school. They learn how to administer them. They learn what the schedule is and when they need to give them. And I'm sure that they learn like techniques to make sure that parents give them. But otherwise, like they don't know what's in them. Half of them don't even know how to spot an injury, much less what, much less how to treat it. And so having that realization, you know, people want to disqualify mothers from having this conversation because you're not a doctor and you didn't go to med school. When the reality is, I'm going to say this with my whole chest, I bet you know more about childhood vaccines than a lot of doctors do. I don't know about that. I do know, I do feel as though I've watched hours and hours and hours in books and all of the things, you know, and so you can't like with doctors, you can't, you can't know what you're not looking for, you know, and they don't want to see it. And I have this quote from Brandy Vaughn, which we're going to talk about because I really want to share her story because she was a big part of my awakening. But she says, those who have the privilege to know have the duty to act. Mm -hmm. And that just freaking stuck with me. You know what I mean? But it also comes back to what you've taught me is that 
your convictions aren't my convictions and my convictions aren't your convictions. And I used to be in a place of like, if you guys know that vaccines are harmful, if you know this information, why aren't we sharing it? And I used to get really frustrated with people like, why aren't you speaking out and you need to do this? And then what you said that your convictions aren't my convictions and vice versa. And not everybody is really called to speak about it. Not everybody has the same conviction. Some people are honestly just supposed to take it in, make their own decision and plant a seed with somebody else. Not everybody has to do that. And so I'm really at peace with that now. But that's the conviction that I feel is that I have the privilege to know. And now that I know, I have the duty to act on it. Well, and you're giving people information. Like how often do you have people DM you and just be like, I had a feeling or I didn't know where to look, you know, mm-hmm. because the information, the data and the information, the data can be overwhelming for people to look at themselves and understand. And sometimes we're just given like the gifting and the ability to read something, understand it, translate it for other people. I kind of do that with politics and theology. I think you do that really well with vaccine information. Let's back up a little bit, though, before we get into we get in the weeds. You have two daughters. You have three children. You have a stepson, a daughter, and then another daughter. All completely different vaccine stories. Can you kind of give us the give us the background? Yeah, buddy. So we're going to set some boundaries because like I said, I have a 12-year-old stepson. Right. I have a six-year-old daughter and a one-year-old daughter. What I will say about the three of them is that they're, like you just said, they're completely different, polarizing schedules, okay? But we're going to leave my stepson out of this, and we're going to focus on my two daughters. Yes. What questions you got about that? I can go on, I can get into the weeds, but point me in the right direction of where you want me to start with it. Yeah, so you, I know you fully vaccinated your six-year-old up to a certain point, correct? 12 months. 12 months. And then Georgia has none. Okay, so walk us through Amelia's first year. So I got pregnant when me and my husband were dating for six months. I feel like that's an important part of the story because it was super rushed and unexpected. And like I went straight into survival mode. Okay, so we were dating for six months. I didn't even really know how to spell his last name correctly. (laughs) Okay, until after we got married, kid you not, I really didn't even know what he truly did for work. Does he work for the mafia? I don't think so. <laughs> so we then elope. We eloped at seven months when I was seven months pregnant. And it was, and then I become a mom, like I become a stepmom. And I went from living alone with me and my dog for eight years to getting married. Boom, you're making pancakes at 5 30 in the morning when you're not a morning person and doing all of the things. And so I didn't have the margin to like look. No. What's your birth plan? Birth plan. When it's the baby out. coming out, <laughs> we go into the hospital. Right. Like I was just so trusting. I had doctors on pedestals, you know, like they, it was God, doctors, my husband, basically. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I will say, I think that that is regardless of if you planned to get pregnant, accidentally got pregnant, how long you were together. I think most women feel very thrust into motherhood because it is kind of, we're, we're, I was talking with friends the other day, like they just give you this baby and send you home with it. And I mean, I was freaking 24. I was a child myself, you know? And so I think that probably resonates with people. And, but also there's so much grace to be found there. Mm. Like, no, you didn't research the vaccine schedules. 
you were trying to figure out how to breastfeed or how to like keep this human alive. Like it's, oh, it is okay. There's grace. That's so good. There's, that's so good because I have given my old self, 2017, Amy, some grace, but it took me a long time because there was some guilt there. And so when I think about my pregnancy and I just recently looked back up my medical history, I did the two pregnancy vaccines. So I took the flu shot when I was pregnant and then I did it's either the DTAP or the TDAP. It was something like that. Yeah. I can't remember the exact name, two of them. And then I had an emergency C-section, September 25th, 2017. But there was something, there was a seed that was planted right before I gave birth. And when I'm thinking of like little seeds that happened, this one was actually a big one. And I had a friend from Mexico who was pregnant at the same time that I was. And I was talking about vaccines. And she straight up said, oh, we're not vaccinating. My baby is getting none. And I I looked at her like she was crazy. I'm like, what do you mean you're not vaccinating? And I immediately went into fear mode of like, our babies can't play together because she's going to catch, you know what I mean? Like she's going to get all the diseases. And so she said, I have zero vaccines. We do not vaccinate in Mexico and we are completely healthy. And I never, and it was just like a matter of fact. It wasn't like shaming me. She's like, this is how it is. This is how it is. And she says that America is the most vaccinated population. You are the most unhealthy group of people. So like, this isn't even a question because I have zero and I'm thriving. And I didn't think that that person was crazy, but it really stuck with me. And then I remember every vaccine appointment, I had such bad anxiety, you guys, like going get, and the doctor said, you know, fever's normal. All these things are normal. Give them Tylenol. It just didn't make, yes, give them Tylenol, which is actually really not good after vaccines. But the anxiety that I had was so unshakable. And so I do the 12 month shock. I go through all of it, which I really didn't even realize this whole, for years, for the past three years, I've been saying, oh, my baby stopped, vac- we stopped vaccinating at 12 months. She had 22 vaccines. My poor little 12-month-old baby got 22 vaccines. And I was just thinking, oh, it's just a couple. Maybe it's like four or whatever. Anyway, neither here nor there. It was at my, the 18-month one, where I had such bad anxiety before the appointment, I kept canceling it. And then I would reschedule and they'd call me back and I would cancel it and I would reschedule. But at the same time, one time I remember going and she was really sick. And she said, the doctor said, you can't give a sick baby vaccine. You have to wait till she was healthy. So hair thinning is complicated. The problem is it's actually so much bigger than just your hair. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health and internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth isn't going to cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow throughout different stages, like postpartum or menopause, as well as different lifestyles. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. You can take their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes and take the first step to thicker, healthier hair. 
For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code BLAKE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code Blake. That's Nutrafol.com promo code Blake. My little 12-month-old baby had eight ear infections by 12 months. She had her very first one. I will never forget. It was Christmas of 2017. She was three months old. We had to bring her to the ER after that because her fever was so high. She was uncontrollably crying. She went to the ER three times before 15 months old. And I just kept hearing like, this is normal. This is normal. Like I have little pictures of us in the ER and I could not shake the anxiety. And then 2020 happened and everything shut down. And I was like, praise Jesus, they're going to stop calling me. Right. About getting my child vaccinated. It's going to leave me alone for a little while. Yes. And I'm so grateful. But now that I look back, like that anxiety, God doesn't bring anxiety. God brings peace. And so what I tell people is to protect your peace, follow your peace. And if you're feeling anxious about something or you're feeling pressure or if you're feeling fear, don't do anything when you feel anxious pressure or fear. And the best piece of advice I tell people is if you are hesitant and you're not sure what to do, you can always pause, find some clarity and do vaccines later on, Mm -hmm. you know, but once you do it, you can't undo it. And so if you feel that hesitation, just pause and sit in it and do some more research. You know, and I think a lot of my anxiety about it, if I'm being honest, was less about giving Well, it was about giving the vaccines. I don't think I was thinking so much about like what they were putting in my child's body and more about the fact that they like asked me to hold this baby down while she screamed and they put needles in her. Like, even still, she's nine and I look, I can be right back in that room and the paper rustling and her screaming and the doctors telling me to hold her down. And I mean, I, I still have so much regret. So much regret, you know, and I've I've told our story. I don't know if I've ever told it like on the podcast. I should do that sometime. But I mean, vaccines almost killed my oldest. She got five vaccines in one visit. And the next day spiked of 104 fever, ended up having a 45 minute febrile seizure. And I guess the vaccine isn't actually what almost killed her. It was more like a domino effect because then the the EMS, we had to call an ambulance and the EMS OD'd her on Ativan to try to bring her out of the seizure. And that's what like put her into respiratory failure and just, you know, wrecked her body. And we were really, really so blessed and so like under the hand of God to walk out of that hospital a week later with a baby that's for all intents and purposes healthy. You know, like she's definitely had issues that I personally stem back to the vaccines, but what the craziest part is that I kept vaccinating her after that because I just like kind of like you said with being you know thrust into motherhood the way that you were like I was just keeping my head above water and still trusted doctors and still you know was just doing as we were told and it wasn't I think it was like another year which the schedule slows down after they turn twelve months old which I'm like why are we pumping newborns full of this stuff like that seems backwards if anything but then kind of had the same 
conversation with someone. And I remember I used to be so judgy about people that didn't vaccinate. Like, judge E. Don't want my kids to play with your kids because I don't want them to catch whatever your kids are picking up. Thought that they were just crazy cuckoo conspiracy theorists. And look at us now, right? And I'm going to go back and apologize to people, even friends that did like a delayed schedule and tell them that they were right. I was wrong. I'm sorry that I'm sorry for myself that I wasn't more open minded and that I didn't just listen. But then it also helps you understand why people don't listen. Right. Because I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I have empathy for that. I have empathy for that. You think I'm ridiculous for not vaccinating and being vocal about it because I used to be you. And some people have to go through it themselves. Like, you know, my friend from Mexico, they told me, but I had to go through and connect the dots myself. Like I had to have my own traumatic experience. And, you know, that was a huge seed that was planted. And when I think of another seed that was planted, that one of my best friends in the entire world, it's Amelia's godmother. Her name is Amber and she's a NICU nurse. She was a NICU nurse for over 10 years. I mean, she just had a way with babies. She was like the baby whisperer. And he vaccinated her first baby because that's what she was supposed to do, who's younger than Amelia. But then she had a son and she didn't vaccinate him. And when I saw the behaviors, now this is my best friend, we hang out. When I saw the two children's behavior, I'm like, this little boy, her second son, I was like, this is the most content little baby. He's never sick. He doesn't have a runny nose. He's never caught anything. And he's content. Where I remember, you know, Amelia, she was just always so not content. You know, she had eczema. She had food allergies. She had ear infections. She had speech delays. She wasn't talking till almost two years old, you know, just to say mom or dad. And I remember the speech delay. It used to embarrass me so much. Because she was in a Mother's Day Out program and I would see all the little kids, oh, I would see all the little kids run out and they were telling their mom about their day and my baby could only say mom or dad. And I was so scared that she would be called stupid or be teased. And I felt so much shame and guilt behind that. And she just had these issues and I was just like, and then I see my best friend's son who is so healthy and she gave me this book. So before we even decided we wanted another child, he gave me this book. It's called The Vaccine-Friendly Plan, and it was written in 2016 by Dr. Paul Thomas. I highly recommend you getting it. I did not read this book cover to cover, but I want to tell your audience that the best way you can read this book, you go to the appendix in the back. And so whatever shot, like let's just say the flu shot, go to the flu shot. Now you'll find all the pages about the flu shots. You don't have to read it cover to cover. You can look at the certain topics you want. And that's how I read it. That's how I read the book. That's how Ken read the book. This book is the first thing that really woke up my husband to vaccines because he thought I was that crazy, you know, like completely lost my marbles. So she planted that seed with me and she did it in such a loving way. She just gave me the book. She didn't say much. She just said, we're not vaccinating our second. And me, I've realized that one of my top strength finder strengths is a learner. I'm a researcher. I love to read. I love to learn, like dig, dig, dig. The deeper I can dig, it just, it gives me like a high. And it's really the process of learning, not so much the outcome of learning and finding what I'm looking for. And so this was 2020. Really, I went into this rabbit hole. You know, I was not pregnant yet. My husband didn't want another baby because we had such a traumatic experience with Amelia. 
because it puts so much stress on our marriage. Like we were at each other's throats the whole time. It was not enjoyable whatsoever. And so I had a fear of having another child. And so did my husband. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you could relate to that. Yeah. I mean, we've had, we have two for a reason because I mean, part of it is that I fragmented pretty terribly. I like to think that I could do it better now. I'm on significantly, significantly less medications and then like a totally different place. But I mean, it's kind of, it's a moot point. But even before Pacey's, you know, big event, same thing, like all the sicknesses, all the doctor's visits, all the, I mean, she went to the ER multiple times. She was always sick. She was sweet and she was happy. Like Pacey's always been a happy little nugget. But I now look at my more vaccinated child and my less vaccinated child. And like if our household gets sick, Elliot's better in 24 hours. Pacey's going to be sick for five to six days. I attribute that to one is more vaccinated and the other isn't. And I think that that's the fair comparison. So you get to 2020, they start leaving you like, it's like, leave me alone, right? Like now they're not calling you as much. Did you dive into research then or was your, had you already decided you weren't going to vaccinate anymore? At that point in 2020, I was thinking if we were going to have another kid, because I was like begging my husband to have another child. And he was so he was like, we can't. It's going to put us through a divorce. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, pray about it. If you really feel like God doesn't want any more children, then whatever. (laughs) And so when I put that on, whatever. But then I found Brandy Vaughn and I have to share her story. This was 2020. My friend Liz told me about Brandy Vaughn and she has a website. It's called learntherisk.com. And she works for Merck, which is a big, huge pharmaceutical sales company. Okay. And she was the top salesman for Merck and she would get awards for Merck and she was selling Vioxx. And if you haven't heard of Vioxx, Vioxx killed over 500,000 people in five years. And so when she's selling this, She's realizing that this is killing people and she has the data to back it up. And she then brings this data to the pharmaceutical company and says, we got to take this drug off the market. And you know what they did? They confiscated all of her stuff and they fired her. And she then became a whistleblower, an advocate against big pharma. And she said that this is my life's mission. It haunts me to know that I sold a drug that killed people. I feel like I kill people. And so she's doing it for those people that were law. And she said she's doing it for her son. She was a single mom. And so her story is so inspiring. Again, followed her, started to follow her in 2020, followed her. Her Facebook page is still up. Highly recommend that you go check it out because there's something on her Facebook page that you're going to want to read. So she started this in 2015. Okay. And fast forward to 2020. She always felt like they were going to take her out. They were going to have her killed. And she was seeing some signs of that she was about to lose her life. She told her friends, like, I want you to take my son, but I'm going to die for this cause. So she made a Facebook post. It's still on her Facebook right now. And it says the post that I wish that I didn't have to write. And it was about 10 things. And it basically says I'm not suicidal. I'm not on any antidepressants. I would never take my life. My house is hardwired. Nobody can break into it unless it's high quality people. It's like Fort Knox. And she just goes through and says, if you find me dead, 
it's foul play and you know what happened. And I have a GoFundMe account to share this story far and wide. And my story might even be more powerful when I'm in heaven. And it gave me like full body goosebumps. Okay. And she was found dead in her house by her nine-year-old son on December 7th, 2020, right before the vaccines come out. Okay. And if you go through and you try to learn about what happened, some articles say natural causes. Some articles say it was a blood clot. Some articles say that it was her gallbladder. You know, like you're going to find different things, but it was just a closed case. And then when she was her speeches, because I found some YouTube videos, not YouTube, rumble videos (laughs) of her speaking. And she talks about how so many of her peers, her colleagues, integrative doctors, functional medicine doctors, naturopathic doctors have all been found, died from suicide. And she said, this is a huge concern that people who speak out are gone. You have to be a coincidence theorist to look at that and be like, not connected, not anything nefarious. Like you have to be willingly ignorant, honestly. I'm going to link in this podcast episode, you'll have to watch it because she is saying, I couldn't figure out what year this was recorded, but it was sometime before 2018 because she kept saying in 2018, this is what's going to, it was so pathetic, Blake, like talking about how vaccines are going to become mandatory. Everything she was saying was so prophetic. I had full body goosebumps when I was listening to it yesterday. I hadn't heard it before. So definitely watch that. But that was like to see her speaking out and then boom, he's gone. And I knew in my heart of hearts, she didn't take her life. Yeah, This was foul play. And they took her out because they knew this big vaccine was coming out. And she'd been talking about vaccines and all these things. And she was going against big pharma. And she said, this is her life mission. And so that was like this huge awakening to big pharma in general. And then 2021 happens Mm -hmm. and ivermectin happens, you know, and they suppressing ivermectin. And so at that point, I knew zero, zero vaccine moving forward. See, I think my big thing, which it's funny because it actually is very on brand, was when I learned how much money doctors make off of pushing vaccines. That was my, oh, hold on. There's no goodwill here. There's no... You can't be making money off of something. That's not true. I think that you can like believe, I think doctors probably do like believe in vaccines and there are just incentives, but you cannot tell me that those incentives do not encourage you to not do the due diligence to look into the potential harm of this, right? Like if you've got money flowing in for simply doing what you were taught in med school to do, yeah, why would you question it? Why would you look at it sideways? And then you look at the doctors who have and do and the way that they're treated by the public, by the media, by the government, by dark, whatever's happening in the dark corners. Again, why would I question this? Why wouldn't I just keep doing what I'm doing? And that was my big, that was in like 2019, 17. I just, I remember just randomly hearing someone talk about, pediatric vaccine incentives, like that three word little key phrase. And I was like, incentives, what do you mean incentives? What do you mean? And you know, you can't just Google something like that. It's, it's not, (laughs) that's not readily available information, but like you, I am a, I can be a little bit hyper fixated and a little bit rabid about things when I want to understand it. 
And then you get in the weeds of it and you're finding out not all, but some doctors make a ton of money off of vaccine incentives. That was my, you know what? No, we're going to at least take a step back. And then that allowed me to like kind of look back and see what happened to Pacey. And then it kind of all rolled into itself and moved us forward. What have you found about like the incentive structure? Well, Dr. Paul Thomas, author of this book, and we're going to link it down here. He did this interview in December of 2023, and it was his most recent interview. But to give you a backstory about him, he's a pediatrician in Oregon, and he did a study in 2019. He wanted to study unvaccinated children in his practice versus vaccinated children. And our government, our government does not have a study. Well, Dr. Paul Thomas said they have done studies, but they won't release them to the public because then the whole vaccine industry will come crumbling down. So they won't release it. Okay. But he did his own vaccinated versus unvaccinated children. And he hired a third party company to come in and review the data so that there was no bias behind it or anything like that. And the results behind it, he said, it's astonishing that unvaccinated children, quote, he said, just don't get sick. Vax- unvaccinated children just do not get sick. Vaccinated children are far more unhealthy than vaccinated with autoimmunes, chronic diseases, ear infections, eczema, food allergies, asthma, all of these things. And so then he gets this data or this study peer reviewed. It becomes peer reviewed. It's out. And after four days, he gets a call from the medical board and says that he lost his medical license. Because that information is dangerous to society. It's harmful and dangerous to society. So he goes through this whole process of trying to get his license back. And they basically put him in a box and they tell him, you can't talk about vaccines to your patients. You can't do any studies. Now, doctors are like scientists. And you're telling them that you can't can't talk about vaccines. You can't do any studies like it was this stringent criteria that he just had to follow. And so finally, he just said, I'm going to go ahead and retire. And he said whenever he retired, it was like the shackles and the change just came off. And he said, I felt free. He has a podcast I found. It's called With the Wind Podcast. You guys have to look it up. He has hundreds of episodes. I can't wait to dive into it. But he talks about the vaccine incentives that they get. And that a practice without vaccines is really a dying practice. Like for pediatricians to survive and make money, you have to push vaccines. And then you're incentivized. If X amount, let's say 100% of your patients are vaccinated, you get bonuses on top of it. If you're not vaccinating, then you even get penalized by insurance companies because they have you in like a grading scale. So he talks about how much money he loses per year by not pushing vaccines and let the parents choose. That episode is linked in the notes and I'm going to make it clear because I think that that's a very important one to watch. When I have like lived experience with that, we got kicked out of the practice that we had been at since Pacey was born. We got kicked out in 2021, told we could no longer be patients because we wouldn't vaccinate. That's in... What Like, if you really, like, I know people will hear that and be like, well, yeah, you weren't following the rules. Zoom out. You're telling me because I'm making a different decision that I, as a mother, these are my children. They are not your children and they are not the government's children. These are my kids. I have done my due diligence 
and have lived experience and in making a medical decision for them. And so now I can no longer get access to medical care with you. That is insane. That's insane. And I, it still like lights me up a little bit. Our pediatrician was, she was pretty chill about it. You could tell she was a little uncomfortable and I'd be like, no, we're not going to do that. No, we're not going to do that. And then it was the the pressure slowly built over time until it kind of reached this crescendo in 21. And I got an email and it was just like, due to your decisions to not stay on the proposed vaccine schedule, we will no longer be able to see you as patients at the Baton Rouge Clinic. And so we kind of like, so then we found a pediatrician that was, she didn't offer vaccines. Well, that practice closed to your point. Like they couldn't stay open. And so we've floated since then. Thankfully, since we've stopped vaccinating, my children don't get sick as often. And so there hasn't really been a great need for it. But I think it's the decision to stop vaccinating entirely. Like I think a lot of people and a lot of doctors, they're comfortable with the delayed schedule because you're still still getting it in. You're still playing at least by the rules a little bit. But when you make the decision to just like, no, we don't vaccinate, that makes people's brains explode a little bit. Have you had any like negative experiences telling people you're not going to vaccinate at all? With my husband, yeah, we, for a short period of time, we went to war together. And whenever I found out I was pregnant and we were talking about, this is how I came out to my husband. Mel Gibson is either on the Patriot, I think it's the Patriot. He has like blood over his face. He's like riding a horse <laughs> and he got the American flag behind him. And I'm like, it's not the freedom and we're yep. not vaccinating. And like, don't approach a husband like that. That ain't going to work. Ain't going to work, boo. I mean, I get it. I get it. I feel that. But like, just not always the most effective option. Well, my husband's not on social media, you know, so he's not seeing what I'm seeing. He still watches the mainstream media. And so like, he still has such a tie to the medical industry. And he was seeing doctors as gods and they know the right thing. And we were just unequally yoked. And it was a scary place. Until it was this book and shot in the dark podcast by Candace mm, Owens. Okay. Good. What I made Ken do at night in bed, I would turn on the episodes because if you send your husband an episode to watch, they ain't watching it. You have to like spoon feed them information, read the book to them. Yeah. So we would lay in bed and I would turn on shot in the dark episodes and we went one by one and listened to the episodes. And slowly but surely, he was like, okay, we're going to do a delayed schedule. And I'm like, no, we're not. And then I I think there's two things that why people are like scared to just say no vaccines at all. If I'm really thinking about it. One is that they think that their children are not going to be able to get into school if they, because that was me. Because that was Ken's first reaction. He was like, if we don't vaccinate, they can no longer go to school. Because my school really said, you need to show all your immun- your history of immunizations. Yeah. They asked for it. Like, we require it. And so I'm like, I had so much anxiety when school would come. I'm like, how is this going to work? I was so uneducated about the Constitution. And so what I'm going to tell you is that in my highlight, I have this perfectly little nice highlight. It's called exemptions. 
And there's 46 state exemptions, okay, that you can go and find your state exemption. So do not let your school fool you or make you feel like you have to vaccinate your child. You can give them zero. Unless you live in California. California, New York, Connecticut, and West Virginia. Yeah. Those are the four. But the good news is, is that Mississippi's state legislature, they just flipped it. They just changed it. It was Mississippi in that five. And because freedom starts at a local level and why you need to get out to the polls and vote for the state representatives and all of those, they flipped it. And now they have exemptions for their school. So don't lose hope. And they have a big battle right now with Connecticut. They're trying to get Connecticut on that side. So that's number one. It's just thinking that I have to because of school. Number two is, okay, but what if they get these diseases? Like what if they get mumps, measles, chicken pox, whatever? Look, I had the chicken pox and I'm still alive to tell this story. So that was like my first thing. Of, I remember having the chicken pox. It was cool. I got to miss school. All my friends came over, whatever. I'm still alive. But Dr. Ben Edwards linked in the description below this specific episode He interviews the author of this book called Dissolving Illusions. This book has not been debunked. Like it has sold over hundreds of thousands of copies. I'm going to tell you that if you are in the medical field, this book is for you. Like Dr. Ben Edwards gives this to all of his medical school students that come shadow him. He gives them this book for them to read because it's about the history of the diseases how the diseases were actually eradicated, and it wasn't from the vaccines. That is such a myth. Tell me about it. No, you. <laughs> no, you tell me about it. No, it is. This book is going to go through each disease of what it was actually like, what were people experiencing, and that people think that it was the vaccines that caused them to go away. Dr. Ben Edwards talks about this, and the guy in this book, which I love. Because he's not a doctor. He's actually a dad whose son got vaccine injured. And he's autistic now. And he said, I had so much guilt from this that I did not research, that I trusted the doctors. And he said, I was just a dad that went into the rabbit hole and I wanted to know everything because this is my life's mission. I want to empower people to make informed choices on these decisions because you cannot get it back. And so he's a dad, but he hired a doctor to help him with the statistics and all the other things, not hired. They partnered together to write this book and they're coming out with another one soon this year. And so I would highly listen to that Edwards with Dr. Ben Edwards and Roman, whatever his last name is. It's a crazy last name because he talks about how the diseases were eradicated and I think there's just so much fear. Because you don't want to do the wrong thing by your children. Like you don't, I don't want, right? Like that's what parents are thinking. But the, what they talk about in this episode is that they talk about the benefits of getting these childhood diseases. There are benefits to it. There was a study in Japan. They studied 100,000 people over a 20-year lifespan. And what they found is that the the people who got the childhood diseases, the measles, the mumps, the chicken pox, it helped them to prevent cancer and diseases and stroke and heart disease later on. It actually helps you to become healthier later on. And so they talk about in that episode, the benefits of it. And once I heard that, I was like, you know what? 
we're going to test the water. When you learn what the disease is like, the measles, the mumps, and you trust the God-given immune system. And here was another big eye-opener. This was the crazy one that I love the way my husband's brain thinks, okay? This was March 2022. We had just found out that we were pregnant, like we knew for two days, okay? Can take me on a trip to St. Francisville, which is in Yoneka the Woods. St. Francisville is a very old town. It's very historic. And us normal people, we love to go tour graves. You psychos don't tour graves. We like to go to the grave sites, you know? And so we're walking through this beautiful grave and Ken has this like awakening, okay? Because he starts seeing how long these people lived in like the 1700s and 1800s. And he's doing the math of their date of birth and their death. And he's like, these people are living longer than our grandparents. Like all these tombstones, they were like 90, 95 years old. And that is, that's a story that he actually tells his friends. He's like, this was before vaccines and they're living longer than what we're living now. Hmm. And he connected, that was his big eye-opener to actually see people back then are living longer than we are now. And I love that, like, we all have to have a different wake-up. It connects for all of us totally differently. You know what I mean? Like, yours was data, his was grave markers. But the reality is, is that once you're, I think the reality is that once you're exposed and you're looking for it, you kind of can't not see it. Like if you're choosing, like, I don't want to see this, then you're not going to see it. Once that door just open, you're kind of going, oh, wait, why is my vaccinated child so sick all the time? And this friend that I have that I kind of thought was cuckoo, that didn't vaccinate her kid, her kid's super healthy. Hmm. Why is that? Why were people living longer? Once you open that door, you can't, you can't not see it. Then... I think where people get stuck is the research. People get stuck on how do I like educate myself? Because like we talked about at the top of the show, you have all of the medical professionals going, you're not a doctor. You didn't go to med school. You're not going to understand this. You, you know, you can't act like, you know, so other than the two books that you recommended and the shot in the dark, is there anything else that was like at the beginning or has been vital to your like research? that you would recommend to people? Dr. Ben Edwards podcast, he talks about when he was in medical school. And I just, I like hearing, you know, what they learned in medical school. And he's very choosy with his words because he knows that there's consequences if he says too much. But he says that what they learned about vaccines, it wasn't about ingredients. They simply learned the vaccine schedule, okay? At two months, you take these. They just memorized the schedule. That was the test. There was nothing talked about ingredients. He says, we also didn't learn what a vaccine injury was. I could not recognize it whatsoever. Yeah. And so when you think about how many injuries are not getting reported, you know what I mean? Like, yes, we have the VAERS website, which is the vaccine adverse events website that the government runs. Less than 1%. Because look at your daughter. They didn't connect that, right? I, I never reported So for the doctor to report it, you have to be aware of what it looks like. And they're just not learning that unless you're looking for it. Like the doctor has to even believe that vaccine injury is possible. And how many do do that much? I was listening to Brandy Vaughn yesterday 
And she said something in one of her speeches, which I didn't know, but she says that Big Pharma writes medical school's curriculum and they hire ghostwriters. So she has a friend who is a ghostwriter who writes, who works for Big Pharma that writes the curriculum for medical school students, med students. And so that was in 2000, probably 16 or 17 when she said this. And so when you really like, I would say all of the links that are going to be linked into this description, it's going to give you more than enough. But the big ones for us was the vaccine-friendly plan, shot in the dark. Also, it's my own awakening with Georgia, my baby. Like every day has been an awakening for my husband because you guys, she's 14 months old. She's been sick, sick one time. She caught COVID from me, which turned into like a double ear infection. And old Amy would have just, okay, ear infection, antibiotics. And so because I have the awareness and I'm learning, I know that you don't need antibiotics for your infection. Y'all get y'all some garlic ear oil from pumpkin butt. Okay. It's linked in my bio. You put that in. She had a horrible ear infection. We did it three times a day for two days. We went back. Ear infection is completely gone. She's never been on any antibiotics. She caught the chicken pox. It was lovely. We put some beef tallow on top of it. And so now we take her places. She's been around sick people. Sick people have held her, actually. She never got sick. And so this whole 14 months, because I just said, look, I'm going to document this journey. I found my highlight yesterday. I have a highlight. It's called The Juice, and I have three parts. Start with part one, and you're going to see, hey, I have a four-month-old baby, and I'm documenting my journey, and I'm doing a real-life experiment on my kids, and I'm going to share it all truthfully. And it's been wild to think that was at four months. Now we're at 14 months later and homegirl just does not get sick. You know, we take her everywhere, like not even a booger. And she's sweet and she like self-entertains. I've been around her. She's like the most delightful, the most delightful baby. That doesn't mean that she doesn't like cry and stay up and all this kind of stuff. And I know that there are likely people, maybe not a lot of people listening and are they're like, that's so irresponsible that you like did an experiment with your kid. And I'm like, no, 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 that's life. It's an experiment to pump your kids full of vaccines. We've got two parts of an experiment here. One kid was sick all the time. The other is never sick. That's called being a parent and figuring out what's best. And it's worked out exactly kind of the way you thought it would. Well, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting the same results. Like that's the definition of insanity. And so I thought, all right, I did it one way with this. So what I want to do for your listeners is normalize these emotions that you're going to be walking through. Like if you feel like you're starting to maybe connect the dots or even ask questions, I just want to encourage you to keep diving. Like do not look away, okay, because your child's health is dependent on this. But this is the emotions that I went through and it's like a U-shape. And I was here, do-do-do, ignorance is bliss, life is great, like so unaware I was walking through ignorance is bliss. So it's going to be U-shaped emotions you're walking through. And then you have this like thing that happens, this life situation that you just cannot unsee and you cannot go back. And then I went into this dark place where it was grief. It was anger. It was so much fear. It was so much Okay. It was guilt. It was shame. And then it was sadness. I that in the sadness 
of this for so long and you need to feel these emotions in order for you to come back up. I just want to encourage you to sit in it and it's going to continue to come in waves. Look at you, Blake. You said I'm still affected and I want you. The only way you can get past this is to go through it. And after sitting in my sadness and anger and fear and all of these things, what happened is I came back up and it's this feeling of empowerment. The fear has went away. The sadness has went away. Really, I can talk about this without feeling angry anymore. It's almost just I feel like a conviction to help empower and encourage and help other people walk through this because it's so lonely. There's so much gaslighting. I don't want you the listener, to feel like you have to go to war with your pediatrician and you have to gather all of this knowledge to be able to fight with them. No, 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 no. We're going to find a new one. Okay. You need to stop going. You're going to find a new one. And how you're going to find a new one is how I found mine. Okay. And so you're going to go to Dr. Green Mom. Again, we're going to link it, but it's D-R Green, G-R-E-E-N Mom. I want you to click the link in her bio and she has a list. It's going to a link that says doctors for medical freedom. And when you put your email, she's send you a list of all the doctors across the United States that are not going to force vaccines on you. And at the bottom of the little list in Louisiana, there were two at the time. And one was in my city of Lafayette, Louisiana. And I'm like, boom. And they are incredible. They're incredible yeah. people. And so that's where we're going to find them. When you find a doctor or a pediatrician that isn't owned by Big Pharma, that isn't pushing all that stuff, you simultaneously find a doctor that wants to get to the root, that doesn't just want to like lay stuff on top of whatever the issue is. You find a doctor that wants to come alongside you and work with you and believes that these are your children and that they are a tool in your toolbox. And it is a completely different experience. You are no longer walking in there. Even when you were comfortable vaccinating, I remember going to the pediatrician and being like, they're going to tell me I'm doing it wrong. They're going to tell me I need to fix this, change this. They're going to tell me she needs some kind of medication that even then I wasn't comfortable with. And then you go to a pediatrician that's not owned by big pharma and they're like, oh no, like we're not, we're, we're very low intervention. Oh, you don't want to do antibiotics. That's awesome. That's great for their gut. That's great for their health. But you're going to find not just medical freedom in terms of vaccines, it's going to be across the board. My pediatrician is the one who was pointing me in the direction of European formulas and the things that Europeans are doing. Where my old one, when I mentioned a European formula, she said, that's not FDA approved. I said, that's amazing. That's That's even better. You know? (laughs) And so that's when I was like, you can't even talk about this because it's not FDA approved. That means that you're controlled by protocol, standard of care, CDC, yeah. all these things. And you can't go out of the bounds. That's not a doctor. Right. That's a dispensary. Right. That's not a doctor. And that's true for adults and children. That has been my family in general. My dad was in the medical field for 40 years. And he left the medical field because he doesn't believe in it anymore because they have become dispensaries. Oh, you have this issue. Here's a pill. Oh, you have this. Here's a pill. Nobody is looking to get it, get to the root. Nobody's looking at how the, what the side effects of these medications cause. And unfortunately, I feel that started with adults, but it has absolutely trickled down to children where now you have seven-year-olds on Prozac. So what we're talking about, like we've talked about this in the sense of vaccines. But what you will find is 
learning about vaccines is a gateway to taking back your family's health in its entirety. Because once you see that, you see the rest of it. Yes. And that's really what this is about is taking back your power, empowering you to find your voice and to connect the dots and make the right choices for your children. That's what I'm like most passionate about. And just helping moms know that they're not alone. And I think people are really waking up and maybe it's just my audience, but I like to do a poll once a year of like where people stand with vaccines. And two years ago, it was like 30% of people said they're never, they're never going to vaccinate again. 70% of people said delayed schedule. And it was like 10%. I don't even know if I'm doing the math right. I'm already over a hundred. But anyway, it was like that. Last year I did one and it was 80% of people said they're never doing another vaccine. Well, and that's a post-COVID world. That is one of my favorite things that came out of 2020 was you either bought everything hook, line, and sinker or you went, hold on. I have to, I have to do what to keep my job? And what I like, I don't know if the government just underestimated and thought that people would fall in line. Or if they, I don't know, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm never going to try to pretend to understand what is happening in our government. But what actually happened was they tried to force people to do something. And as a result, they forced everyone to figure out, like figure out the game. Pushing back. And they started pushing back. And I mean, my dad, my, my dad, I learned my like making fun of people who didn't vaccinate from my dad. Today, my dad would probably try to like intervene if we tried to vaccinate our children. You know what I mean? So I think that that's why you're seeing that shift. And that's also why you're seeing people so much more open to the conversation. Even if they don't fully agree, even if they're not fully on board, they're like, I can see what you're saying. I think that even just the information that we've given people today, and there's going to be more links in the show description than there have ever been, like use that as a resource. Go follow Amy, go through her highlights, even if you disagree with some of the things that we said. I talk a lot on my Instagram about learning from people we disagree with. And you know what? Even if you want to go into it with the mindset of like, I'm going to absorb this information and like move on and and I'm not going to change our vaccine schedule, just expose yourself to the information, I think is a great starting point. Because it's really difficult and borderline impossible to unsee it once you've seen it. Thank you for giving me a platform to speak out on this and just share it freely. I've never had that before. And I'm just so glad that we're bringing awareness to this topic. And just, again, the links are going to be everything that you possibly need to know and more, way too much. And so go through it slowly. It might take you two years. Don't go through a fire hose, but just remember is that God doesn't bring anxiety, okay? And so don't make a decision out of fear or anxiety. Wait on it, gain clarity, do some more research. And if you have clarity and you want to go through with it, good. You're going to do it when you have peace and so that you're not going to have any regret or trauma behind it. And you can always do it later on. Yeah, that's a good word. Thank you so much, Amy. I love you. I love y'all. Okay, bye, Blake. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week.